This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, fighting for financial security for our seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Bob Komsik for Libby Zneimer. As Ukrainians continue to flee the fighting, many of Ukrainian heritage are going there to defend the country. I want to come back. I, I, I don't want to go there for terribly long. You know, I really don't want to have to pick up uh, a, you know, a gun and fight. I want to help people. And raising awareness about vaccination against shingles. We know that older people are just not vaccine-hesitant in particular. 94% of older Canadians have uh, rolled up their sleeves and and gotten vaccinated against COVID. Yet only about 28% of uh, Canadians 50 and older have gotten vaccinated against shingles. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A new survey finds more than half of Canadians cannot keep up with the cost of living. According to the latest Angus Reid Institute survey, 7 in 10 Canadians report being stressed about money as inflation rates continue to grow. Household budgets are becoming squeezed from all angles as the price of goods rises, in particular food and gas. In January, Canada's annual inflation rate reached 5.1%, topping 5% for the first time in more than 30 years. Call it the new Golden Girls. Baby boomers are moving in together in growing numbers to save money and for social connections. Shared housing is experiencing a revival as boomers live longer and retire without the financial safety net of employer-sponsored pensions to cover the rising costs of food, housing, and insurance. Even for housemates who entered into the arrangement for social reasons, the extra monies become more important as their financial picture changed with COVID. Bragging rights for a Toronto hospital. Newsweek magazine has just named Toronto General one of the best in the world for the third straight year, this time taking fourth spot. The top three were the Mayo Clinic, the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic, and Harvard's own Massachusetts General Hospital. Part of the University Health Network, Toronto General Doctors, who performed the world's first successful lung transplant back in 1983, made history again last year by carrying out the world's first drone-assisted double lung transplant. Other Toronto hospitals to make the top 100? Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre, 25. Mount Sinai came 27th. And North York General came in at 64th. Countries are snapping up the rights to Servant of the People, a comedy series starring the Ukrainian president, as the Ukrainian president. Seven years ago, former actor and comedian Vladimir Zelensky played a high school teacher propelled to the presidency. It was a hit in Ukraine, where it ran for three seasons and a spin-off movie. The UK's Channel 4 has announced it has the rights to it and plans to broadcast an episode alongside a current affairs show about Zelensky. I'm Bob Compson, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. As Russia's further invasion of Ukraine goes on, 
many of Ukrainian heritage living around the world are returning to their homeland to defend it. Mark Preston Horn of Victoria, B.C. is one of them. I talked with him as he was finalizing his travel plans. When did you make the decision to go? Well, I sort of felt called to do something um, all along. You know, I, I've, I want to go there. I want to support. I've got some skills which can be helpful at this time. Um, but I think I decided for sure I was going to go on, on, on Tuesday. So, I, you know, on Monday I started looking into the logistics around it. Uh, Tuesday I was determined to go. However, there was a barrier in the government not having a clear stance. Um, the, the foreign affairs minister sort of not being able to provide, um, the, the, the staff that answered the, the calls at the at global affairs. Um, you know, they, they didn't know what to say. They, they said, unfortunately, we don't have a communication. All we can do at this point is refer you to the, um, the travel warning. It's advised that Canadians avoid traveling to Ukraine. So I had said, you know, so if, what if, what if I'm injured? Um, she, she said that there was no information on that. I said, if I can make it back to Canada, will you deny me um, medical treatment? And the agent said that once I was in Canada, I would, you know, I'd receive medical treatment. But unfortunately, um, information was lacking at that time. Um, on Tuesday, I decided uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go. So, And what help can you offer? You were saying you might have some, you have some skills that might be helpful at this time. What are those? Yeah, I was uh, on a paid, I was paid on call firefighter for a number of years and received some medical responder training through the Justice Institute. So my first aid skills are are fairly good. Um, I haven't used them for for a few years, but I still you know, still feel like there's something that I can do. Also, psychological support, I guess, as well. I'm a pretty resilient person, and I try to try and see the best in things. And I just think you know the boost to morale to see someone that's diaspora arrive there to help um, will just be a real positive thing. You say you've been back to Ukraine. Uh, when was the last time you were there? The last time I was there was, I guess it was maybe July or August, or a little bit of both, of uh, 2018. So it would have been four years after the invasion in Crimea. Since that time, did you ever think Thoughts cross your mind that this day would come? I suspected that there would continue to be a conflict in the East. I know that there are some people who live there that, that are sympathetic or, or that, that, that they do have a desire to, to join Russia. You know, I know that that's the truth. You know, so I, and there's people who want to stay. Anytime there's people with opposing ideas like that, there's, there's bound to be some type of conflict. You know, in this case, it's armed conflict. Um, but out in the west of Ukraine, you know, those are people who are proud and, and happy to be independent and free from Russia and have that autonomy and be a Ukrainian people. And, you know, those, those are the ones that I got to know the best. I never ever thought that Putin would attack, you know, attack Kiev and Lviv, <laughs> you know, Odessa, even Odessa, right? Like that's a fair, you know, that's got a history of being a, a Soviet naval base. But, you know, typically that side of Ukraine hasn't seen any, any real action, military action. So I wasn't expecting this, no. It's a full-fledged assault. It's a, it's an invasion, right? The Russian media isn't allowed to explain that to their citizens, but ultimately, 
this is one country invading another country. It's not about an area of conflict or an ATO. This is this is war on a country. Are you confident Putin can be stopped? Well, I think from what I've seen, you know, people in, in Russia are not happy. When Russia annexed Crimea, there was some protest. You know, there was tens of thousands of people who protest. This is a whole different situation. We have last, you know, last time there was a day of protest, there was, I think, 23 cities and hundreds of thousands of Russians. You know, these sanctions are, sanctions are impacting everyone. I just think the people in Russia aren't happy about it. The people outside Russia aren't happy about it. And the soldiers, you know, you can see videos. I get, sometimes I get, um, you know, selfie videos or whatever of, of some of my friends on the line. And you're, you're seeing these Russian people get captured or surrender. And, you know, the Ukrainians are feeding them tea and bread and, you know, rubbing, <laughs> rubbing their backs. Are you hopeful with some of those remarks you made that this could end up being a short conflict? I think so. You know, I think that I think the military wasn't expecting the resistance that they're getting. I'm hoping that, you know, that the military will, will see that they've got better training and they've got good equipment and they've got the numbers, but ultimately Ukrainians have the heart. And, you know, we've seen it before in, in conflicts around the world. Uh, these are determined people. They're very brave and, and proud and they're willing to die for their country. When you have someone with that mindset and someone who's being paid a menial wage to do something they don't really want to do, my hope is that, you know, the people will, will speak. You know, Putin's in a little bit of his own world, but I think it's going to get to the point where if he continues, he's going to risk some serious revolt. You know, I really don't want to have to pick up a gun and fight. I want to help people. You know, I want to use my medical training. I want to. You know, I want to support the best I can in logistics or whatever. But, you know, I think ultimately what's happening over there is completely wrong. And everybody knows it. Mark, safe travels. Be well. Thank you. That was Mark Preston Horan of Victoria, B.C., who's heading to Ukraine to do his part in the effort to end the fighting. I'm Bob Comsick, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, what can be done to get more Canadian Zoomers to roll up their sleeves for their shots against shingles? You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, giving you the opportunity to get involved and make your community a better place for seniors. Find out more at carp.ca. If you're 50 and older, or have a loved one who is, hopefully you or they have received vaccine shots to prevent shingles. The number who have is low, only about one in four Zoomers. Here to help raise awareness, Dr. Samir Sinha, Director of Research with the National Institute on Aging at Toronto's Ryerson University, and Head of Geriatrics at Sinai Health and University Health Network. Are you surprised that only one in four Canadians, 50-plus, has received a shingles vaccine? Yeah, Bob, I'm, I'm really I'm concerned about that number because we recommend right now, our National Advisory Committee on Immunization recommends that everybody 50 and over receive their shingles vaccination because we know that over our lifetimes, one in three would uh, be affected by this disease. Um, and it's vaccine preventable. And the current vaccine we have 
is 90% effective, but I think many people don't know they're eligible, um, and many people don't know the benefits of actually getting this vaccine. And so we need to raise uh, more awareness of this, especially those in amongst those Canadians who are 15 above. What is shingles? Yeah, shingles is a disease that uh, is associated with the uh, the virus that many of us have experienced before in, in the form of chickenpox. Um, and it can lay dormant in our nerves. And as we get older and our immune systems start to weaken, or if we have an immunocompromising condition, something that weakens our immune systems, such as being on a medication or, or having a disease that weakens our immune system, these things can actually allow shingles to awaken, usually in the form of a, a rash that might uh, have some vesicles. But, uh, but the thing that concerns more people after the rash goes away is that many people can have uh, something called post-herpetic neuralgia or painful, painful syndrome that can often last uh, not only for weeks, but in some cases for life. And that can be really disabling and, and really ruin the person's quality of life. So can the pain manifest itself out of the blue just suddenly? You're feeling fine one moment and then all of a sudden you feel this pain? Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes little things can set it off. I, I had a patient, for example, who unfortunately had shingles on her face. Um, and while the rash disappeared, you know, within a week or so, unfortunately, even just kind of a gentle breeze, you know, kind of brushing her face would actually trigger a painful syndrome. Um, and it just really, you know, just really ruins her quality of life. Uh, so it's just one of the examples of how sometimes, you know, just these negative consequences um, that often can be related to uh, a case of shingles, they really can be prevented if we just prevent people from getting shingles in the first place. How do you get it? You get it when, um, as you get older, as we, you know, go beyond the age of 50, our immune system starts to naturally weaken with time. So that's one key consideration. But even for younger people, they can randomly get it or, or you can get it more so no matter what age you're at. If you are on a medication that weakens your immune system or if you have a condition that also weakens your immune system as well. So these are all the risk factors that we look for. And that's why we generally say, because it's so associated with age, that anybody older than the age of 50 or has an immunocompromised uh, situation should get uh, the shingles vaccination. In terms of the latest stats that you might be aware of, what's the prevalence of shingles in Canada? It grows, basically. So as we get older, for example, we know that there's a greater increased risk, especially with each passing decade of life. So people in their 80s or 90s are at even higher risk than, say, people in their 50s. But basically, we say that one in three Canadians will experience shingles during their lifetime, um, especially if they haven't actually received the vaccine. So some people might escape life, you know, without having ever been afflicted. But I think many of us know uh, friends and family members who have actually experienced the case of shingles and may not know that there are things that they can do to prevent that from happening to them. What are some treatments? Some of the treatments that happen when you have shingles can be um, sometimes, you know, someone might be prescribed steroids or an antiviral. But at that point, it's just trying to help, um, you know, treat the symptoms. It's, it's not something that can be cured. And if you had it, one case of shingles, you can always have another case of shingles down the road. So the treatments that we have when someone has shingles aren't really curative. They're kind of meant to kind of slow things down or try and alleviate things a little bit more and make things a little bit better. But really, the best treatment we have is actually prevention, prevention through a vaccine, a simple two-step vaccine that people can get, um, and that can really make a difference. 
What other recommendations does the National Institute on Aging have in order to better support vaccination efforts and to increase, as you say, overall prevention? Yeah, well, we know that older people are just not vaccine-hesitant in particular. Like, if you think about our recent experience with COVID, 94% of older Canadians have uh, rolled up their sleeves and and gotten vaccinated against COVID, yet only about 28% of Canadians 50 and older have gotten vaccinated against shingles. And I think in the case of shingles, I think just a lot of people aren't aware that there's a vaccination. A lot of people aren't aware that that vaccine that's available currently can um, uh, reduce your risk of getting shingles by 90%. And a lot of people aren't aware that in a few provinces in Canada, it's available free of charge. And even when it's not available free of charge, you can get it through your pharmacy. So I think, again, there's just a lack of awareness. And I think when we don't raise awareness about things like this, opportunities for older people to better support their health, you know, we're really doing them a disservice. So that's why we're really focusing on making sure that uh, people over 50 are aware of what shingles is, are aware that there's actually a vaccine that's available in Canada that's incredibly effective and could significantly improve one's quality of life. Dr. Sinha, I think that's a perfect spot where to end it and put a bow on it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Dr. Samir Sinha, Head of Research with the National Institute on Aging at Ryerson University and Director of Geriatrics at Sinai Health System and University Health Network. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Bob Komsik for Libby Snyder. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Huddy, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.